Welcome to the Shit Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Liz Broder. Are you ready to shoot the shit? And we're back with another week of some shit talk. I'm Liz Broder. Thank you for joining me. Happy Monday. I hope everyone's having an amazing day. I will say I'm recording this on a Friday, so I'm hoping my Friday energy and vibes come through and that we can all enjoy them on a Monday, but um, happy Monday. Today is all about investigating your poop color and consistency and how this can provide some pretty valuable insight on your health. Before I get into that, I have one small note on last week that after listening back to it, a thousand times to go over everything I could have done better. I realized I did not mention enough about vitamin D. You know, it's it's very important for immunity. I made that clear, but I wanted to just like drop a few numbers. So the RDAs or recommended dietary allowances for vitamin D is 600 IUs or international units per day for adults 19 to 70. The upper limit is 4,000 IUs, meaning that's where they cap it. Ideally, you're not having more than 4,000 IUs a day, but I did talk about supplementing with it. My personal supplement is 2,000 IUs and I use it only in the winter. And I recommend if you are going to supplement in it with it in winter for, you know, mood boost, immunity boost, all the benefits, I recommend around 1 to 2 1,000 to 2,000 IUs a day. And I realized afterwards I didn't get into like the numbers, like the RDA and like what how much you should actually supplement. So I just wanted to touch on that briefly. Thank you for your patience. Moving on to today's topic. Okay. As an RD, I always say this. I say this to my friends. I say it to clients. I don't really care if it sounds corny, but the body speaks to us and it's our job to listen. I say it all the time because it's true. As an RD, the reason I love poop so much is because it tells us so much. It gives us insight into things like your diet, your digestion, potential malabsorptions, your hydration status, if you're in an inflammatory state, and even things like gut transit time. Poop is a goddamn Encyclopedia Brown and you need to be reading it because if there are any mysteries with your health, your poop can most likely shed some light on what is going on or at least point you in a direction, whether it tell you which organ there's an issue with, what part of the body there's an issue with, or something simple like you need to hydrate more. So that's why I think poop is an Encyclopedia Brown and I'm going to talk a little bit more about things to pay attention to and what they mean. Now, we all know poop is generally brown. Look at the poop emoji. Look at Mr. Hanky from South Park. All famous poops historically are brown, but that does not mean brown is the only color poop you'll see in a lifetime. In fact, I would argue it's absolutely not the only color poop you will see in a lifetime. And just because your body deviates from brown poop here or there doesn't mean you need to start turning to the theatrics and acting like it's the end of the world. There's plenty of things like food, food coloring, supplements, medications, and health conditions that can alter your poop color. Sometimes there's cause for concern, but most of the time there is not. So today, heavy, heavy, heavy shit talk. I'm going to explain what different stool colors and stool consistencies signify. And as you can imagine, I had a super shitty time researching and scripting this episode. By shitty, I mean amazing. Okay. Let's get into it. Hot shit coming at you now. Green. I'd say this is probably the most common shade other than brown that we see in poops. First and foremost, it can be due to chlorophyll, which is a plant compound found in green plants. 
This chlorophyll is literally what gives plants their green color. So if you eat a lot of plants in one day or you regular, regularly consume a lot of plants, this could easily be a non-harmful, not a big deal reason why your poop is green or a greenish tint. Chlorophyll is found in things like leafy greens, algae, parsley, broccoli, asparagus, green cabbage. It's found in green produce. It's no cause for concern when your poop is greenish and you eat a lot of plants or plant-based foods, salads, things like that. You may have even heard of chlorophyll drops for your water. This has been a much more recent wellness trend. I have some. Um, the brand I talk about a lot, Sakara, 100% plant-based, organic, gluten-free, refined sugar-free meal delivery service has a nice chlorophyll drop. And I use theirs in your water. It has been said to help promote digestion, detoxification, and it's also said to be anti-inflammatory. So a lot of the benefits you get from eating plants, you can get, they say, from chlorophyll water. Try it out. I wouldn't say I use it regularly enough that I have any drastic changes. What I can say is I don't have any downsides. I haven't found any downsides to taking it, so there's no reason not to use it because it's really only going to benefit you, and I usually do it like once a day. But again, I, I go in phases with it. I haven't been using it that much to be like, oh my God, you need to use it. Like For me, apple cider vinegar is like the holy grail. You need to use it. I use it every day, all day, and I can tell you a million benefits. But the chlorophyll, I'm sure it does work for some people, and I also think especially if you are in an inflammatory state, like if you're having a Crohn's or colitis or IBS flare-up, or if you are having issues, inflammation, things like that, it can be helpful because it is shown to be anti-inflammatory. It helps you get, you know, drinking your water more, which as we know, I love hydration. So um, all around a win-win, but that's where you may have heard chlorophyll before, the term chlorophyll. Okay, moving on. Antibiotics. Now, this can turn your poop green or yellow. So they're used to treat bacterial infections. And what you may or may not know is that antibiotics kill all bacteria. They may be targeting your bacterial infection, whatever it is, but they that doesn't stop them from killing all the good bacteria. And this includes your gut bacteria, your gut's microbiome or microbiota. So that said, there are specific gut microbes that help in processing poop that helps with turning it actually brown. So if these bacteria are killed off because you're taking antibiotics, they're not around to do their job and therefore the poop may not be brown. It may be a little more green or yellow. Not a big deal, typical with a lot of antibiotics. Some people notice this, some people not at all. I have to mention though about antibiotics, it's something that goes overlooked. We forget that it kills all the bacteria. It's not just, it does its job usually, hopefully, and gets rid of the infection, but Antibiotics these days, it's definitely come kind of under fire because a lot of studies and more recent research has shown that heavy or heavy usage or several rounds of antibiotics growing up as kids, babies, whatever, causes gut health issues later on by permanently altering the gut microbiome because of having so many rounds of it growing up. So we forget it doesn't distinguish good bacteria from bad bacteria. It just kills them all. So as you can imagine, without getting into all the issues this causes, it does alter your gut microbiome. And this, of course, then affects things later on in life that your gut has a big role in, like things like digestion, um, things like managing inflammation. And just even like we talked about a few weeks ago, the gut-brain axis. If you take a lot of rounds of antibiotics growing up and this permanently alters your gut microbiome, 
this later on affects the gut-brain axis and different, you know, stressful states that may manifest in the body, whether they be mood-related or gut-related. But it's interesting. There's a lot more research on it now. And yeah, I mean, when you need antibiotics, you need them. And sometimes like there's nothing better you can take and you've got to do it. But I always say take them as infrequently as possible. Moving on supplements. So things like iron supplements are known for causing black poop, which is actually be said to be a sign that they're working correctly. It's no cause for concern. And a lot of you may know this, Pepto-Bismol is known for turning poop black. It gets its name from bismuth something so that I don't want to pronounce, subsalicylate, bismuth subsalicylate. Um, That's known for turning poop black. You may also notice it in your mouth if you take Pepto and then like a few hours later you have like black saliva that's from this bismuth compound. So both, like I said, iron supplements and Pepto have been known to turn poop black. Again, not no, no cause for alarm. But it can be alarming if you look down and see black poop because it's like I, I wasn't expecting to see black. Black is usually like do a sign of doom, um, but to be expected when you're taking an iron supplement or Pepto. My next point is gut transit time. So your gut transit time is impacted by disease states, and and illnesses that can alter color. There are health conditions that impact our body's ability to properly digest food. When the food's transit time is faster than it should be, your body doesn't have the time it needs to absorb nutrients properly. And this may lead to green poop, for example. This can be caused by things like IBD, which is ulcerative colitis or Crohn's, can be caused by celiac disease, which I personally have. I'll talk more about that on another episode. And it can also be caused by things like IBS. So there are also bacterial infections that can impact gut transit time and expedite it significantly, like salmonella and C. diff. So those cause inflammation, diarrhea, like I mentioned, the diarrhea, expedited transit time. The reason that when we have an expedited transit time, the color changes, it's due to our bile bile, for those of you who don't know, is synthesized by the liver and stored in the gallbladder. It's required to digest fat. Any amount of fat, you need bile. Bile will be released. It travels down our intestine and it is chemically altered by enzymes in this process and the color changes it from this like greenish, yellowish to brown. But like anything, this process takes time. So when you're experiencing one of these health conditions that can quicken your intestinal transit time, what it means is that the bile is going to retain more of its original yellowish, greenish color. It's not going to have time to fully turn to that brown. And then this could be why your poop has more of a greenish or yellowish twinge. It's it's down to gut transit time, not giving things enough time to do what they need to do. The bile basically maintains its original color. I hope that makes sense. Moving on, red. No one really likes to see red. I mean, this could be due to hemorrhoids, GI bleeds. It could be due to like vivid red foods like beets, GI bleeds vary from like a bright red to maroon to almost black. They are obviously serious. If you have a GI bleed, though, keep in mind, it's not going to be like, oh, there's a little drop of blood in my poop. I should freak out. Like you will most likely be having sharp, acute pains. You may be sweating, feeling clammy. There are other side effects that you will most likely be experiencing. But if you do happen to notice blood in your stool, get help immediately. And if your poop is something like a vivid reddish pink and you know you ate beets recently, like that's why. Or something with like heavy red food dye, that's why. Again, no cause for concern. If you do think it's blood though, do please seek help. Now, getting more into yellow, which like I mentioned a little is 
typically indicative of gallbladder issues. It's usually indicative of undigested or an excess amount of fat. And this is typically seen with gallbladder issues because we need bile to digest fat. So either your body is not producing bile, there's a bile duct blockage, or there's an issue digesting fat, you have too much of it, something like that. Don't panic. Also keep in mind, an excess amount of orange produce like carrots and sweet potatoes can easily turn your poop orange, orangey yellow. And if you know you just had a lot of carrots yesterday, sweet potatoes, that is most likely the reason. But when it's due to fat malabsorption, something to note, the the poop will usually float and have a very foul odor. So if you're not absorbing fat, the other thing to know is then you're most likely deficient in nutrients like fat-soluble vitamins. We need fat to to absorb those vitamins. So if you're not absorbing fat, long story short, you're not absorbing those vitamins. Again, you may be experiencing other side effects already due to being nutrient deficient. And this is something you'll want to get labs done. You'll want to talk to a doctor. You'll want to see, are you low in these vitamins? What's going on? Why are you not absorbing fat? So if, if you are consistently having like yellowish poops, they're floating and something seems off, contact your doctor. Lastly, and I want to say this is probably the most serious, I like to say, I, I hope it's the least frequent. I'd say most serious, although again, it's tough with clinical scenarios to make a blanket statement. But when you see like a gray or clay colored or chalky or white poop, could be due to a lack of bile or, again, a blockage of the bile duct. Serious, needs medical attention, call the doctor immediately. It could also be due to liver issues. It could also be due to gallstones. So, again, bile, gallbladder related. Gallbladder has a lot to do with your poop and issues that you may see that we've, like I said, we've already mentioned. Um, But I always have an annoying image in my head of this. So I had a preceptor when I was in my dietetic internship. And for those of you who don't know, preceptor is like the person you report to. Um, I didn't like her. She was annoying and she talked way too much. And like I have a podcast. I talk a lot, but like this, the point of the podcast is like I'm supposed to be here talking. She just talked and thought everyone wanted to hear what she had to say. Anyway, she had a story that I just had to hear. Long story short, She was having stomach issues. She was away. And then she passed a clay-colored stool. And she told me this with like the most, you know, pausing for effect, the most drama. And I was like, I I don't care. I'm not interested in hearing about this. Why are you telling me this fucking story? Long story short, she ended up having a shit ton of gallstones and needed to have her gallbladder removed. She had to like rush to the hospital. She made me look at the picture of the gallbladder removed with the gallstones. It was disgusting. I had no desire to see it, but that image is forever burned in my memory. So when I hear of clay-colored stool, gray stools, that's what I think of. It's an unfortunate story, and I wanted to share it because if you are experiencing anything, you know, discomfort, then all of a sudden your poop is like an odd color, like seek help. That's the point. You don't have to be like this annoying person and make someone listen and show them a picture. I mean, you can, but, you know, I mean, probably don't have – you're probably not well-liked if that's what you're looking to do. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Um, oh, into a slight digression. I thought this was important to mention. So I have talked about gut transit time. Typical gut transit time has been said to be between 14 and 58 hours. So kind of a big difference. That's like a pretty big range. But it's important to mention this episode given changes in color and consistency due to changes in transit time. So this is applicable because there's this company called Zoe. They have all this really great research, gut health science, um, gut health related like discoveries in the field. I actually, I listen to their podcast. They're interesting. It's not always gut related, but like they have a lot of great information. You can look them up, joinzoe.com, and I will 
link it in the show notes. But they're primarily focused on gut health. So they have this blue poop challenge to see your gut's transit time. So needless to say, I did the challenge. Basically, what you do is you bake these muffins, you use a blue food dye, you mark down when you ate them, and then you mark down when you first see the blue poop, indicating the muffins made it through your system, and this is how you can calculate your gut's transit time. Zoe provides feedback on what your transit time means. So I did it. My gut transit time was 17 hours and 55 minutes, so on the lower end of that 14 to 58 hours. And I thought it was important to mention, Zoe deemed me a super pooper, and I have the paperwork to prove it. So I wanted to make it clear to everyone, this is the Shit Talk podcast, and you're getting your advice here, not just from a registered dietitian with her master's in clinical nutrition from NYU, but a verified super pooper. I thought that was important to mention. I also wanted you to know this is not a humble brag. This is a brag. This is just a full-on brag. I am humbled to be a super pooper. And as a self-proclaimed poop expert, I wanted to mention this just to give you a little bit more insight onto my background as a super pooper. Um, and I do encourage you to do it, especially if you are feeling like you're having gut issues or you have curiosities about your gut transit time or trying to figure out if you're constipated or there's been changes recently. This was fun. I literally just baked these banana bread muffins, put in the dye, marked down when I had them, marked down the poop, and then you submit it through the website. It's free. It was interesting. So that was really fun. And I wanted to share that information. This is Shit Talk Podcast. I hope that didn't freak you out. Moving on. Now I'm transitioning into the Bristol stool chart, which I have briefly touched on. It's all about poop consistency. There are seven types on the chart. We're aiming for types three and four always. Those are the ideal healthy poops. But I will just briefly touch on them as I close out the episode because it's important to know things to pay attention to and there can be changes in your consistency and it can be indicative of things you need to pay attention to. So I've touched on types one and two before because they're indicative of constipation and you all know how much shit I talk about constipation. So type one is separate hard lumps. They're like pebbles or marbles. This is constipation. The stool breaks apart and it means it's been hanging around longer than it should be in your system. Your system did not get rid of it in an ideal time and it's harder to pass. The stool itself is hard. It requires some straining. This is not ideal usually lack of water, and it's usually dry. So again, another thing contributing to why it's so hard to get out. Type 2 is also constipated, not as constipated as type 1, but it's like a lumpy log. They compare it to like a caterpillar, and it does take some strain to get out, but not nearly as much as like the pellets in type 1. So it looks like it's about to form into type 1, if that gives you a helpful visual. Like it's in a log, but it looks like these little pellets are about to like break off. So again, constipation, some strain. If your poop is telling you you're constipated, if you have type one or two on the chart, my first and foremost, what's your water intake? Where's your fiber intake? Have you been moving? Has there been any changes in your diet or routine lately? Have you been traveling? Sometimes that happens. And again, I will do an episode on constipation and poop changes while we travel. But if you are experiencing type one or type two, go back, listen to the hydration episode. But first things first, get your water intake up. If that's already normal, are you having enough fiber? Are you moving? And if there's other issues, then there's other issues. You're going to need to address it. But I would say start there. Moving on. Types three and four. These are the ideal types. Slightly different, but they're basically, they're almost the same. It's a fully formed log that pushes through pretty smoothly. You know, no straining. There may be some cracks. Type three is more sausage-like with maybe some cracks. Type four is like a smooth, soft, that compared to a snake which I just don't like feeling that way, like a toilet and a snake. Maybe it's because I live in New York City, but 
anyone comparing anything toilet related to a snake, it, it, I don't like to think of those two things in the same thought. So it's just a smoother, you know, fully formed log comes out easily. And we want types three and four. Moving on, type five is softer. And we refer to it as like soft blobs with defined edges. That's what all the, the charts say on them. So it's they're small. They're not pellets because they're easier to push out. They're not hard like type one. But what they're indicative of is that you may be lacking soluble fiber. And that's why the food is pushed through too quickly, which gives it less time to form and solidify, hence why it's looser. So if that's the case, if you do feel like you're having type five, they're softer, they're like little blobs, but they're not like super hard to push out. They come out, but they're not like a fully formed stool. You may want to up your soluble fiber intake. That's going to help solidify to form a nice full formed stool. Okay, moving on to type six. This is more of a mild diarrhea. They describe it as like porridge or soft serve consistency. It's not what I call loosey-goosey, like it's not liquid, but it's not formed. And this can be indicative of inflammation, as can type seven, which is loose, liquid, diarrhea, loosey-goosey. Again, you'll see type seven if you're like sick, foodborne illnesses, food intolerances. Both six and seven are indicative of inflammation. So whether it's due to a food intolerance or a parasite or a viral infection or some sort of health condition, it's inflammatory. You need to focus on rehydrating, getting those electrolytes, identifying the problem. Like, is it from a food every time you have it and it makes you sick? Or is it from one restaurant? Or is it foodborne illness, something was expired or was bad? Figuring out the issue quickly so that you can address it. Um, this is also when you may want to take something like turmeric, anti-inflammatory. The other thing I'd encourage in addition to turmeric um, a banana. Bananas help slow transit time. They're also high. So slow transit time, they're going to help slow down the diarrhea, help bind the stool. And they are high in potassium, which is an electrolyte. You will need to replenish those electrolytes when you're lo losing all this fluid. So try a banana, rehydrate. I like noon tablets, N-U-U-N. They're electrolyte tablets. And ideally this passes quickly, but if you do have diarrhea for an extended period of time, like two to three days, there's probably an issue. And, you know, you've got to figure it out, whether it's food, whether you're sick, viral, but like you may need medication, you may need to see a doctor. So this is why poop consistency really is so telling and so important. The other thing to know is that if this, if it happens frequently that you are having, you know, types one or two or type six or seven, so you're either constipated or having diarrhea frequently, it's important to figure out why. And, and, and as a dietitian, what I encourage is keep a food diary. So note changes in your bowel habits. Note the color and consistency. The food diary, you know, note what you eat and what time. Note when you have a bowel movement and note what it was like. And then I say, you know, the longer you can keep this, the better, the more data you have. So do it for a couple of weeks, do it for a month and track it. You may notice you have diarrhea every time you eat at a certain restaurant or every time you have soft serve, whatever it is. You may be able to figure out pinpoint patterns into what's leading to the changes in your poop. And that's really what being a dietitian is all about and helping people feel their best, identify patterns, figure out ways for them to feel better if there are issues. So if you do have inconsistencies in your stool, whether it be color or whether it be consistency, the actual consistency, it's important to take note of what's causing that. And that's why I'm here to help you as a shit talker. So now closing out the heavy shit talk day. 
it's really important to remember everyone's poop habits are different, a little bit different. You know what's normal for you in terms of your color, the consistency, and transit time. So while I am sharing all of this, what I hope is useful information, it does not necessarily need to exactly describe your poop. And that's okay. Just be sure that you know your baseline and you're keeping in mind your baseline when you're judging it so that you know when you deviate and when there's an issue. And just remember, most importantly, your poop is information. So pay attention. Most importantly, know what's normal for you and know when you deviate from it and and tune into that because it's incredible the things people pinpoint and figure out when, you know, for two weeks they pay closer attention to their poop and realize, oh my God, I've been having half and half in my coffee every morning and I didn't realize it, but it leads to I'm super bloated. And the days I didn't have that day, I had almond milk. I felt so much better. Like it can be really small things that are just habitual and you're not thinking about it, but they can not be supporting you and feeling your best self. And like one small tweak can be life-changing. So that's the importance here. That's why I felt the need to talk about it. This is the Shit Talk Podcast. I hope that was helpful. Reach out to me with your questions and 